So, you know, elephants are actually some of the most empathetic creatures on earth. They care for those around them, not just their own. And they help other baby elephants that are stuck in a mud hole. Maybe some of you have seen some of those videos. They use their trunks to lift up other elephants that are injured or even dying. And they actually come alongside elephants that are in distress and stroke them gently with their trunk to let them know they're not alone. They recognize the need for one another, and they depend on each other. I love elephants. I've met a lot of elephants in a lot of different countries over the years, and I'll confess I've watched my fair share of elephant videos as well. (laughs) They come to the rescue of one another. They rally to protect from predators. They help a newborn get up on their feet once they're born to make sure that they're safe. And elephants actually have a very tender part to them that they grieve with one another and take time to be with each other in sorrow. They're fascinating creatures on many levels. So a number of years ago, I spent time at an elephant orphanage in Sri Lanka, about 25 years ago. And it was a very honoring and humbling experience to be with these elephants, to watch them look out for one another. Now, some of these elephants had deformities due to civil war, and some of them even, this was amazing, had prosthetic legs. Can you imagine making a prosthetic leg for an elephant? Well, they would walk out into the shallow waters, and they would have their friends by their side with them. They were there to nurture one another and to stay together. And I think you and I can actually learn a lot from these amazing and empathetic creatures. Well, we are continuing on in our series, Resilient Faith. And last week, Anthony spoke about the life of Moses, and he shared with us about resiliency. He showed us that resiliency isn't about bouncing back, but rather it's about moving through. It's about moving forward and moving through that place or moment or situation that we find ourselves in. And it's an awareness that resiliency is also not just dependent on us walking alone in the journey, but rather it's about us doing it together in connection with one another. I love how Brene Brown puts it. She's a known author and psychologist, and she says this, Connection is why we are here. We are hardwired to connect with others. It's what gives purpose and meaning to our lives. And without it, there is suffering. Connection is essential for us as humans. We need to know that we do not journey life alone. And today we're going to look at another aspect of walking through to allow another aspect of resilient faith to come alive for us. But it has to do with not walking alone and what it means to walk with friends, to have people come alongside us in the journey. And we're going to look at one of the most well-known friendships in the Bible, the friendship between David and Jonathan. And we're going to draw some inspiration from their friendship today. Now, I'll be honest, David is a pretty complicated character. (laughs) He's one of the most significant characters in the Bible, but We might know him more as King David or the man who took down Goliath with the slingshot. He's the writer of most of the Psalms, and he was also a very complex person. He had some very dark days. In fact, David had a very messy life. He was far from perfect, and he had done a lot of things that was not always good. He was a mighty, valiant warrior, but he also committed adultery. He was brave and celebrated, but he also went over of his way to commit murder. He made a lot 
of mistakes. And despite all of that, he was willing to recognize his failures and his utter need for God. And as a result, the Bible actually tells us he was a man after God's own heart. Sometimes I struggle with that, trying to reconcile all of that. And yet, God looks at the heart. And while there is a lot to be said about the relationship between David and Jonathan, we're going to look at three aspects of friendship from their lives that are going to help us become resilient in faith and finding God's strength through our relationships. So let me quickly give you some context for this story. David was the youngest of eight boys. He was a shepherd who loved to sing and play his harp, and he would often be found warding off wild animals and fighting them off to protect his sheep. Saul is the reigning king of Israel at the time, and his son Jonathan is next to take the throne. Samuel, I know there's a lot of names here, stay with me. Samuel is the prophet of the day, and God says to Samuel, I need you to go out and find and anoint a new king for Israel. So Samuel goes out, and he finds David, a young shepherd boy, and then he anoints him as the next king of Israel. Now keep in mind, this is for the future, but David has just been anointed as the next king of Israel, a boy working among the sheep. He has no royal lineage, no pedigree, a completely unknown young man. And here's Jonathan, who knew in his heart that David really was to become the next king of Israel. You see, Jonathan had every right to be jealous, to be resentful, and to make life difficult for David. But in fact, he went and did the complete opposite. He sought out friendship with David. He did everything he could to protect David, to grow with him, to encourage him, and to continually remind him of God's promises for his life. Now, while most men in Jonathan's shoes would have felt threatened and jealous, Jonathan actually saw in David what God saw. 1 Samuel 16 says this, The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. You see, Jonathan chose to see in David what God himself saw in David. He had every right to be jealous and resentful. He was by, by all rights the next heir to the throne. And yet he chose to step aside and to honor what he saw in David's life. Jonathan and David soon actually became really best friends. They did a lot of things together. They fought in battles together. They shared time at the palace together. David would often come and sing for Saul. And then one day, things turned terribly wrong. Saul, King Saul, his jealousy and his rage took over, and now he wanted David dead. He commanded David's death. Saul's jealousy was significant, but Jonathan, his son, was so loyal to David, he went out of his way to protect him, and on several occasions he went to warn him that Saul was coming, that his men were on their way. Saul was so angry he even tried to kill his own son because of his loyalty to David. That's got to hurt. Your own dad wants you dead because of who you choose to be your friend. So our passage today comes from 1 Samuel twenty-three sixteen, and it says this, And Saul's son Jonathan went to David at Horesh. I'm just going to let you know that Horesh is actually the woods. So it's a big, vast land, and here is David out hiding in the woods. 
So Jonathan goes to David in the woods and helped him find strength in God. He said, don't be afraid. My father Saul will not lay a hand on you. You will be king over Israel, and I will be second to you. Even my father knows this. The two of them made a covenant before the Lord. Then Jonathan went home, but David remained at Horesh. In other words, David still stayed in the woods hiding, but his friend came to him. And so one of the first things that we need to learn about friendship is friendship is quite literally life-saving. Studies show that people with strong social relationships increase their odds of living life longer by at least 50%. That's pretty significant. Those with healthy relationships are often happier, they're better adjusted, they actually experience fewer health problems, and, like we just said, they live longer. Studies show that social connectivity not only generates emotional well-being, but physical benefits as well. It boosts our immune and cardiovascular system, it lowers the risk of depression and dementia, and it improves our stress responses and our quality of sleep. Those are some pretty great practical benefits to friendship. Friendships make you and I feel connected. Brene Brown in her research has discovered that the difference between resilient people who lead what she calls wholehearted lives and those who do not boils down to how they handle shame. In other words, when people embrace their vulnerabilities and face what shames them head on, they get through it together. But here's the catch. It cannot be done in solitude. It needs to be done in relationship with one another. Some of you may be familiar with this individual. His name is Diego Perez. He's an Ecuadorian poet and philosopher. And so you might recognize his pen name, and forgive me for saying this wrong, but it's Young Pueblo, which literally means young young people. So I recently came across this writing of his, and I wanted to share it with you because I think it's something that all of us actually long for in our lives. He says this, you know when a friend asks you how you're doing and you decide to be completely honest, you tell them how hard things have been recently, and they receive what you're seeing with genuine attention and care, that's the type of friend that will really make a difference in your life. You see, we're attuned to one another, and when there's genuine care and empathy for the things that we're going through, and when we share that with one another, there's something powerful that happens in connection in a relationship. You see, Jonathan didn't abandon David when Saul wanted to kill him. In fact, he went out of his way to find him, to find his friend and to encourage him, and to tell him to not be afraid. Jonathan went to speak life into David when David was out hiding in the woods, afraid for his life. Now, over the years, I have had several experiences where a friend showed up when I most needed it. I know, laugh right now. You can see the picture. Those are me. <laughs> right? I look a little bit different, but this is my friend Nancy here. You know, when friends show up, it can make us feel seen, loved, and cared for. So I was living in Sri Lanka, and I needed to make my way back to Canada. I was actually coming out of a very stressful situation and had been gone on for some time, when all of a sudden, one of my dearest and closest friends surprised me and showed up in Sri Lanka, and that's Nancy here in these pictures. She flew all the way over to get me and to bring me home. She came to encourage me, to sit with me, to cry and laugh with me, and to make sure I was safe. 
You know, many years later, I was able to return the favor. She was living in Romania, and things that she was doing there were closing, and her life was shifting, and, and she needed to come home. Now, while I didn't get to surprise her the same way she surprised me, I was able to fly over to Romania to help pack her up, to meet her friends, see where she was living, just experience life through her eyes in Romania. And then I was able to bring her back home to Canada. You see, when we show up for people we love, it makes a lasting impression. It sticks with us. It says something. One that affirms our purpose, allows us to lean in together and speaks life to our soul and to allow us to know that we are not alone. Even here in our own community, Anthony shared with you last week some of the challenges and things that we faced as a family. And I want to say thank you because many of you have come alongside us and prayed for us, have supported us, have been practical in your care for us, and it's allowed us to know that you're here with us in the journey and we're not alone. And so thank you for being a part of that journey with us and supporting us and loving us and caring for us. It's made an impression. Friendships matter. So thank you. The second thing we need to see is that friends help us navigate the journey. I know friendships can be complicated. I'm not going to stand here today and tell you all the flowery good things about friendships. I actually want to keep it real because friendships can be complicated. In fact, some of the greatest wounds and hurts we experience in life stem from friendships that have gone wrong. It's not easy to find your people. Friendships do not always come naturally for everyone. In fact, sometimes they can be awkward and messy at times. Some people we click with right away, and others we really need to work hard at it. I've had friends in my life that have left me feeling betrayed, lonely, questioning myself, and hurt. And if you're here today and you have struggled with friendships, I want you to know that you are not alone. In fact, in this room are others who are also looking for friendship. So believe me when I say opportunity abounds. And in fact, after the service, we want to invite you to meet some new friends. Who knows? There's no pressure here, but you might find on this campus some lifelong friends. You, even in this church community, you might find some new friends that become a part of your life for many years to come. The point is this. We need each other, and providing opportunities to engage with one another is essential. Let's face it. Life is not easy. Our friends should call us back to being reminded of God's purposes and promises, to remind us to hold on and to not give up. Our friends remind us, and here was David afraid, hiding in the woods, and Jonathan went to him to tell him and to remind him of God's promise that he had been anointed king and that even though Saul wanted to kill him, Jonathan went out of his way to find him, to reassure him, to say, hey, I see in you what God sees in you. Now, believe it or not, David and King Saul were actually really good friends in the beginning. David was often welcome to the palace to sing for King Saul, and Saul even employed David as one of his warriors in battle. He praised him publicly, and then it all turned. David was completely betrayed by Saul, who now wanted to kill him. At the same time, David found renewed strength in God's promises because of his friend Jonathan. He kept holding on to him and telling him, do not be afraid. My dad's not going to kill you. He's coming after you, but you know what? God's promises for you are bigger than that. Do not be afraid. He taught him to lean into the journey, and it's not easy, but Jonathan wanted David to know that God was still at work, and he was destined for the throne. 
You know, we can all lose our way and our purpose at times. Sometimes we want to hide out and push people away because we feel so overwhelmed. And that's why our friendships matter. It's those people we've shared life with that know when to reach out to us, who notice when things aren't as they should be, who see us slippering, slipping, or faltering in our journey, who call us up and say, hey, is everything okay? Are you doing all right? Who sit with us and remind us of who we are, our destiny, and our purpose, who call out what they see in us and point us back to Jesus. You know, sometimes the waves of life can be overwhelming. We feel stress, we cocoon, and we might not even know it. But I remember one day my friend Cammie called me, and she hadn't heard from me in a while, and, and she knew that I probably wasn't okay. So she gave me a call, and she said, hey, I'm just thinking about you. And I went to apologize to her for being such an absent friend, and she stopped me. She said, um, Michelle, she said, I expected as much. She goes, I know life is heavy right now, and I know that when I don't hear from you, it's because things are challenging. That's why I called. I'm here. Can I come pick you up? And that's exactly what she did. You know, we've both done that for each other for over 20 years. Her and I have been friends for a long time. But I remember the day she phoned and said, hey, can you meet me? I instantly knew something was wrong. There was brokenness and hurt in her voice. So I headed out the door, walking towards her house, and there on the corner of the road, we met and saw each other, and we embraced, and she fell apart crying in my arms. We stood on the corner of the street, sharing space with one another, fully embraced, holding one another in a moment of brokenness and sorrow. You see, friends make room to hold space for one another, to journey through life together, to remind us of who we are when everything around us is tearing us apart. Our friends hold our dreams with us. They go the distance with us. They sit in our brokenness with us. And we need to show up for one another to take time to be present for each other. At the same time, I also want to acknowledge, like I said earlier, that friendships can be challenging. They can be messy, and sometimes what we thought was the best thing for us has actually been the worst thing. We need to protect that sacred place of friendship in our lives and to not just allow anyone in. The sacred places of our dreams, our hopes, our life cannot just be given and shared with anyone because trust can easily be broken when things go sideways. And you each have experienced that in your own lives, in your own relationships, in your own stories at times, I am sure. There are times we need to work through those challenges and those disappointments in our friendships, and there's other times we need to take a step back and look at the toxic nature of what's happening, own our stuff, and maybe walk away. Some friendships expire, and it's okay for that to happen. We don't often think of an end date with friendships, but sometimes that's necessary. And please hear me, it doesn't mean that those shared moments and experiences together aren't significant or meaningful. It just means that there's time for a change or something that needs to happen. It's not easy, but respecting boundaries, ensuring you've got supportive people around you, those who want to champion you and not harm you, is essential in order to survive life. Connection, authenticity, vulnerability. Friendships can stand the test of time, but they require investment. And maybe you're struggling to find those deep-rooted friends and friendships in your life. Maybe friendships have been a source of pain for you. That's very possible. I want to encourage you that there are those who are going to come along in your life and walk with you. 
at the same time that you and I are looking for fulfillment in our lives, we need to recognize that we need to be that to the people we already have in our world, in our lives that interact with us all the time. We need to hold our friends accountable in their journey to spur them on towards good things and to know and to remind them of what God has created them for. I want to introduce you to Dr. Bradley Truman Knoll. He's an author and professor at Tyndale University. Sadly, last month, he suddenly passed away. He uh, has worked with postgraduate students for over 20 years and had recently shared a post online of some of his reflections. And I can't read it all for you today. And even though it was written in regards to his interactions with post-secondary students, I, I want to let you know that this actually translates to all of our lives, whether you've been in your profession for 30 years, whether you're in high school, whether you're retired, the principles here stay the same. So I want to read this to you today. Remember to choose relationships wisely. Finding and entering new relationships is one of the best parts of post-secondary, whether romantic or otherwise. But for every lifelong friend you make or spouse you'll find, there are those who will treat you with contempt, destroy your self-image, and assault your soul. Always be your own best friend. Stand up for yourself and surround yourself with others who support you, care for you, and enable you to go further. Have the courage to walk away from those who are toxic. Remember that who you are becoming is far more important than what you're doing and preparing for. Character development always trumps academics, though very often the latter facilitates the former. Who you become, the character that you develop, and for Christians, the image of Jesus you reflect. These things will sustain you far longer and plant your soul more deeply than any paper, project, course, or degree. Seize opportunities to stretch and grow. Take a few risks. Seek new opportunities. Grow, grow, grow. What an amazing call and reminder for us to be responsible for the relationships that we have in our lives and to continue to grow through them. Resiliency in friendship <clears throat> allows us to traverse the joys and challenges of life and to move through them with others. We cannot do this in isolation, but in relationship. It's not to bounce back, but it's to move through and to do that with others who remind us of who we are and whose we are, to know we're not alone and what, and what we can do without judgment from others is essential to have openness for the freedom to be who we really are with those we're in relationship with. Jonathan did that for David. Which brings me to the third and final thing we need to learn today. Friends point us to God. So when David was afraid and hiding, fearing for his life, Jonathan was intentional and went out of his way to find David and to remind him that God had chosen him. Now, hear me. Jonathan didn't show up and remove the threat. He didn't come and say, hey, it's all good now. Everything's better. He didn't remove the threat, but he rather redirected David's fear and pointed him back to God's calling. That's what friends do. He redirected David's focus to the life that was still to come. He didn't deny the reality of what he was currently facing, but he allowed him to find strength in God to know that he would get through. 
That's what our friends do. They can redirect our focus and our purpose back to what matters because it's so easy for us to get stuck in our hurt and our pain and to stay here. But rather, God wants to redirect our focus back to him. And he does that through our friends. Resilient friendships should point us to God. So we need to ask the question, are you that friend to others in your life? And take a moment to think about who is that friend for you? C.S. Lewis said this about friendship. Friendship is born at that moment when one person says to another, you too? I thought I was the only one. It's instant connectedness when we recognize that we are not alone, that our stories, though unique, are not unique because we need one another. And there's a connectivity when we can journey things together. So I recall years ago, I had a person in my life who was quite damaging and toxic. I couldn't see it at the time, but his influence in my life left me very confused. Questioning my calling made me uncertain of myself. In fact, I started having panic attacks, and I struggled to find my way. He was a leader and someone I trusted, someone that I looked up to in my life. But I was blind to see the damage and carnage that was unfolding around me. I was so stuck. I had gone home for a few days to visit, and and I was having a conversation with my mom. And as we were talking, she couldn't believe the things that were coming out of my mouth, my self-doubt, my confusion. In fact, she, she stood up and she looked at me and she said, I don't know who is filling your head, but this is not the Michelle I know. And then she walked out of the room. I was left sitting there going, uh, okay. Well, she returned a moment later and she threw down a notebook in front of me. And it was titled Michelle's Spiritual Journey. I'd never seen this book before. She said, read that. That is who you are. Not this nonsense you're talking about. Said like only a mom can say, right? (laughs) Well, as I opened the pages, I began to read. And I remember it was a reminder of the things that God had done in my life since I was a child. My mom had just on her own secretly been writing things that God had said to me, dreams that I had had about my life, things I had hoped for, things that had been spoken over my life. And as I began to read them, I realized that it was truth. And life was being spoken back into my soul, into my spirit. Now, I've not seen that book again since, and nor do I need to. I I figure it's going to resurface in my life when it needs to. But the point is this. My mom, in that moment, came alongside me, and she pointed me back to God's goodness, and she reminded me of who I was. She was my Jonathan. In that moment, she came alongside me. And she did all these things by showing me again who I was in Christ. She came and and cheered me on. She showed me the face of resiliency and truth and led me back to knowing God's strength and purpose for my life. You see, sometimes we're called to be that friend to others. And sometimes we're the one who needs to be that friend to someone else. It goes both ways. It's a give and take. It's about being attuned to our relationship and not always looking for what we can get out of it, but rather for who we can be in those relationships. 1 Thessalonians 5.11 says this, Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. You see, we're called to be there for one another, to encourage and build each other up. Jonathan went out of his way to find David and to remind him to not be afraid, to remind him of his future and the bond of their friendship, to point him 
back to God. Our interactions with each other matter. We have the ability to bring life back to those we interact with, to help one another, to navigate the challenges of life, and find resiliency to walk through things together. And as people of faith, we have the ability to point people back to truth, to God's goodness and his promises and purposes for our lives. Now, you and I come to friendship with all of our diversities, our similarities, our opposing views, our humanity, our rough edges, and our complexities. But the beauty of it all lies in the ability for us to show up for one another, to walk through things together, to find connection and meaning with friends in the journey. David and Jonathan shared a very unique bond. And while Jonathan was killed in battle before David ever became king, their friendship was a bond that laid a foundation in David's own character. You see, he had the example of a friend who sacrificed for him. He was loyal and sought him out. He had the example of a friend who protected him and showed him what resilient faith was all about. Jonathan pointed David back to God's goodness time and time again. And my prayer for us this morning is that we would be that friend to those around us today. And in turn, that we would be blessed to welcome those same friends into our lives as well. Resilient faith is something we all need to find strength in. We can't do it alone. It is only done by the strength of God through the people that we interact with every day.